Well, hello, everyone. It's time for another podcast here on the Film Yap, and we have a very special guest today. Is I am uh, talking to Bob Kravitz, uh, sports writing, sports columnist, legend here in Indiana and a lot of other places that you've visited in your career. Uh, and I uh, reached out to Bob and said, you're on Substack or on Substack. Why don't we get together and do a podcast? And he graciously said yes. So welcome, Bob. Thank you so much. I'm looking forward to doing this. Well, me too. And so as our topic, we obviously want to do something about the, the congruence of movies and sports, which are our respective areas of expertise. So we're going to do uh, Bob's favorite 10 sports movies of all time. But before we get started, Bob, if you could tell people you know, where they can follow you on Substack, where they can follow you on Twitter and all those kinds of things. Well, on Twitter, it's uh, at B Kravitz. And uh, on Substack, just go to bobkravitz.com. And uh, you can uh, sign up and uh, um, just go from there. It's uh, pretty, uh, it's so simple to join that even I figured it out. And I'm a Luddite. It really is. If you're, you're looking to get that again, of course, if you're already following the filmyapp.substack.com and we're on Twitter and Facebook uh, at, at the filmyapp. Well, so Bob, I'm very, uh, you sent me your list, so I, I already know what it is, but we'll build a little anticipation by going for your 10th favorite sports movie of all time to your first. What is number 10 for you? Number 10, <clears throat> excuse me, would be Ali. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. I thought that uh, Will Smith was uh, a revelation in this movie. I, I just wanted to use that word. I thought, I just thought Will Smith was terrific. Uh, the way he prepared himself for this movie. Um, I, I thought I've read a lot of books on Ali. Um, you know, I know Dave Kindred uh, quite well, and we've talked about his relationship with Ali. Now, I just thought it was a marvelous movie. And I thought that um, I thought that Will Smith uh, pre-slap was uh, was absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, he's he's really good. I mean, whatever interpersonal problems the gentleman is having, I wish him well, um, you know, as long as he's not hurting others. But uh, he's a phenomenal talent, and he was so great in that. I mean, it's it's so hard to play someone in a biopic movie, but yeah. especially someone who is, a, who is legitimately an icon in American, not just sports, but in American history and American culture. Well, you know, I, I have seen several Ali movies, including When They Were Kings, uh, which is more of a documentary type type thing. And uh, I didn't think that they'd be able to pull this off. And, and what I found really interesting was just the whole political undercurrent, um, you know, the, the social undercurrent. I, I just thought it was a fabulous movie. OK, what's your number nine? Number nine would be Miracle. And. You better get ready for a lot of hockey movies from this boy, because I am a hockey fanatic. Uh, play the game, love the game, coach the game. Um, I I happened to, I was lucky enough to get to know Herb Brooks uh, during my hockey writing days uh, back in the 1980s, which makes me really freaking old. And uh, I just thought that they captured Herb so well. Such a, a unusual human being um and you know i to me it's the greatest sports moment of my lifetime was was um the the miracle at lake placid 
to think that a bunch of college kids could could upend um, the greatest collection of pros ever put together outside of the outside of North America and maybe anywhere in the world. Um, it was just such a great story. And I mean, it was it was very straightforward. Um, you know, there wasn't a love interest that I that I can recall from that movie or anything like that. But it it uh, it was straightforward and and it captured the essence of Herb Brooks. Outstanding. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, I'm not going to go go into my favorite uh, sports movies because this is Bob's favorite sports movies. But I'm one of those people that, you know, like the NBA is really the only sport that I'm super, super a fan of and other things I just kind of keep tabs on. And there's some that I'm not really that into like hockey, like baseball, but I like hockey and baseball movies. Uh, and especially when they're really well done. And that one, I think that's one of those movies that came out. It did well, but I think its reputation has only grown in the years since it came out. I want to say it's about, gosh, it's about 20, 25 years since that movie came out. Gotta be. Yeah. I, it's funny when, when, when I coached high school hockey and we were on the bus going to a game, that's the movie we played in the bus. It was Miracle. Outstanding. What's number eight for you? Number eight would be Major League. I just, I just thought that the character, character development, um, you, you can't beat Bob Euchre in any movie, honest to God. But you know, uh, it, it was just, it was just such a phenomenal story. It was realistic. I mean, they. They they uh, used uh, County Stadium in Milwaukee, and, and how could you not love? Um, oh oh gosh, um, the the crazy right-handed re relief pitcher. You oh, you the actor who played him? Yeah, I'm forgetting as well. Yeah. Oh uh, oh, good lord! I'm I'm having a brain fart, but uh, you know, uh, you know, with with the with with. I, I just thought it was a marvelous movie, and uh, that would be number eight for me. Funny, okay. just funny. Yeah, a, a film that I actually hadn't really experienced. I'd seen like snippets of it, but even I had not seen it until about a few years ago. And he did do a column about it uh, that's on on the the Substack somewhere. How about number seven? Well, it was Ricky. Uh, oh gosh, I can't remember. Okay, number seven. Uh, white men can't jump. Uh, you know, as back in, in the old days when I was in some, you know, in, in decent physical condition, I played a lot of pickup basketball and, you know, uh, I just, I just love the, the, the give and take between Wesley Snipes and Woody Harrelson. And to me, the highlight of the movie was Rosie Perez playing his Jeopardy obsessed girlfriend. Uh, she was fantastic. I, I just thought it was a, it was just a great sociological type of thing. Uh, great movie. Just a great movie. Yeah. Directed by Ron Shelton, which not to, to spoil anything coming ahead, not the only Ron Shelton film on Bob's list, but we'll, we'll no. wait, wait till we get to some more. Uh, number six, I think is one very familiar with anyone who's a sports fan in Indiana. Well, I, I think that I am, I am required by law as a, an Indiana native to mention Hoosiers. Um, you know, I first saw Hoosiers uh, well before I moved to Indiana, but 
And, you know, it's been really cool over the years getting to know Angelo Piso and, and, and understand where, what he was thinking when he was doing that movie. Um, it, it, it was, it, it was, it was phenomenal. Uh, all the Butler stuff at Hinkle Fieldhouse, um, and, and just just a great story underneath a story. And I've heard it criticized by some people as being uh, racially insensitive because uh, the team, the truth is, and and they were they were uh, they they stayed with with what with what really happened which was that Muncie Central was a racially mixed team. Well, the team that uh, Milan High School played in the movie was a racially mixed high school. And so I thought that the criticism that it was this, it was this little white school that beat this uh, black inner city school, I thought that that was an unfair uh, criticism of the movie. I thought it was terrific. Yeah, uh, I've, I've heard a little bit of that, too. I mean, I think it was just it was a reflection of the times. And, you know, certainly in Indiana and a lot of rural places, by definition, when you go to a tiny little rural rural farmland town, that's the demographics you're going to see. And you yeah. go to a bigger city, that's the demographics you're going to see. I mean, certainly, I don't think the movie played that up in any way. Oh. Uh, but um, but uh, yeah, great movie. I, I I've seen it kind of get uh there's like backlash because it's been around for going on 30 years now or 40 years now if you can believe it um and that's a tendency over time is people like to knock down you know knock movies people things off their high perch uh i think it still belongs up there on any list of greatest movies of all sports movies of all times and glad to see this on yours uh let's do your number five number five this may be a weird one but i loved the wrestler Randy the Ram, Randy the Ram, I forget his last name, maybe Robinson or something, but uh, I thought Mickey Rourke was outstanding. I didn't even know Mickey Rourke still existed, and I saw that movie, and the best part of that movie, ladies and gentlemen, can you guess? Not when he cuts his thumb open, I'm guessing. No, Marissa Tomei, that was the best part of the movie to me. She was a wonderful uh, uh, character. Uh, she also happens to be drop-dead gorgeous, in my humble view. But I just thought it was a great uh, character. What's the term I'm looking for? It, 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 was, a, it, it was a great uh, look at the, the desperation of a man who's... Um, whose life has kind of gone south. He's got that terrible relationship with his daughter. Uh, he's irresponsible. He's I just, I, <clears throat> I reacted to that character. I, I didn't understand it. I mean, certainly I'm not a former pro wrestler and I don't have his bizarre screwed up life, but uh, I, 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 I found myself, hating and loving the guy at the same time. It was a very, very intriguing movie and a, a real great character study of a guy. That was the term I was looking for. Character study uh, of, of a man who's, uh, you know, desperate to to relive his uh, past glories. 
Yeah, that's a that's a definitely an edgier pick, I'm sure, for some people. Some people that even go like, "Hey, pro wrestling, not a sport. It's 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 athletic and it's entertainment, but it's not a sport." I think I'm okay with you putting in there, and I, I do say that, that that's not even in some ways is that necessarily a sports movie. It's really more of a character study with a backdrop of Back sports. sports. And I think I think I see one more coming up on your list that I would probably put in that in that realm as well. But let's go ahead and move on to your number four. Number four, Tin Cup. I'm a big golf fan. Uh, you know, I just thought Kevin Costner and uh, uh, the the woman uh, in the movie, and I can't remember her name for the life of me. Um, fantastic. I, I just thought the whole, uh, all, all the scenes, it was just so realistic. Uh, and if you're a golfer, I don't know if you are, but if you're a golfer, you you understand i mean that whole the whole thing where he gets the shank the, the gets the the shanks gets the yips and i i think anybody who plays understands how how uh, uh incredibly um mental the whole sport is you know just put put the dime under be, behind this this uh, uh under this foot and a T behind the left ear and they'll go away. And everybody can relate to that. Who's ever played because this game gets in your freaking head, boy, I'll tell you what. And just to see his, his struggles and, and, and just how, um, I mean, to, we, when we play golf and we hit the ball in the water and then we hit another ball in the water, it's a tin cup. It's part of the vernacular. So yeah. anyway, yeah, another cool choice. Uh, and yeah, I know, uh, I I know that people who love golf love that movie. Uh, yeah. Not not a golfer myself, just never picked it up. Uh, it's 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 a tough sport for to for from for, for someone to be casual about. It. It's like you say, you either right. gonna... either you're into it or you're not. Either you're yeah. hardcore or you're not. And yeah, I I I, I thought golf was kind of a soft guy's sport when I was a kid because I played hockey. And you know you, you don't hit anybody in golf, uh, and well, not usually. And uh, but uh, as I got older, I fell in love with it. So anyway, cool. Uh, another Ron Shelton film, uh, Tin Cup. There, and I think we've got one more at your number three. Number three, Bull Durham. I mean, just speaks to the the the, the lore of baseball and the lore of baseball. Um, you know, again, Kevin Costner, again, Ron Shelton. Um, just just an amazing, an amazing movie. Uh, I thought Baseball Annie, uh, Susan Sarandon kind of stole the show. Um, it was uh, it, it, it was a love letter. I thought it was a love letter to baseball. That's what I thought. Yeah, I, I agree. Bull Durham is, it would be one of my favorites, too. And again, it's where. You know, if you have the actual amount of baseball played in that movie, you know, it's probably what? it's probably not very much. Um, it's really about like the culture of baseball and the, as you said, the history and the lore of baseball. It's it's about the love of baseball. It's like you under you watching that movie, you understand why people who love baseball why they do. Right. And, and Susan Sarandon just so smart and sexy and there i mean she really seems i mean a, a, a legitimate criticism of a lot of movies 
is that the female ca characters kind of tend not to be fully fleshed out. They seem like, you know, they're the wife, they're the mother, they're on the side. And that was just such a great fully fleshed out character that she just owned so well. And, uh, and of course, you know, uh, 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 Costner great at it. That was kind of his big, big breakout Tim, movie. Tim Robbins. Yeah. And Tim Robbins, that was his movie. Uh, uh, I, I love, I loved when he was going as a sports writer, I love when he was going through all the cliches. Yeah, learn your cliches. Learn your cliches. I was like, "Yep, that's that's every athlete ever." Yeah, uh, and I have I've done some sports writing myself back when I was in newspapers and everything like that. Not uh, you know uh, uh, hardly anything, uh, but you know some you know Orlando Magic, a few other locker rooms, the Minnesota Vikings. I had the pleasure of getting completely blown off by Randy Moss, which. Uh, oh, congratulations! You, as as anyone involved in sports writing must at some point to call it a good career, right? Uh, and yeah, uh, uh, I did want to mention Ron Shelton. Uh, for those who don't know, directed those three movies. Um, was a minor league catcher himself. He was not like uh, Crash Davis, who we, where he's at it for years and years and years. I think he did it for two or three years and realized right. oh, was he going to make it. I got to do something else. But it's the sort of movie that no one who had not lived lived and breathed that experience could have made that movie exactly right exactly right yeah it was just a hell of a film yeah all right let's go to your number two i, I guess this would be for me another one of those like character study films where the sport is very much there but it's more about the character than the sport well, maybe you don't maybe you don't agree with that yeah i i mean i i do think the sport was pretty a pretty relevant part uh of it and i thought the boxing scenes uh with de niro de niro were yeah, just to interrupt, we didn't say the title, which is Raging Bull. You could probably oh, Raging guess. Bull. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, again, I, I love character studies. Uh, I, I like to dive into what makes a person tick. You know, it's it's not very di different from journalism, you know, trying to understand what, what makes a person who he or she is. Um, I, you know, I, I thought Joe Pesci was outstanding as his put upon brother um i don't remember the actress um his love interest in the movie but she was phenomenal um and look at scorsese how bad can it be right exactly yeah uh you know one of those movies that does get mentioned all the times as you know one of the you know certainly one of scorsese's greatest movies a lot of people think it's his his best movie ever um just you know the, the the cinematography, the way he shot the boxing scenes, yeah. just so so puts you into it um, that you really feel like you know. I mean, I've never thrown a puncher, or or well, I've taken a punch, but I've never thrown a punch. Uh, <laughs> a little a little sense of what it might be like to actually be in the ring there with with Jake Lamada, and and I, I love the way it it started and then ended with him doing those doing that ridiculous show on off off broadway it hurt it hurt watching him reduced to that level and uh yeah i was i watched the movie the other day i made my wife watch it she had never seen it and she was blown away too at least the parts where she didn't fall asleep <laughs> i had the same problem watching movies with my wife uh well let's go to your number one and uh anyone who knows you and your background I don't, know. I don't think this was a super surprise to me, but let them know what it was. Well, it was Slapshot. And again, and it's not just because it was a hockey movie. I thought it was an important 
movie because everybody thinks it's ha ha funny hockey crazy crazy canucks all that stuff no this movie was a it was a critical look at what had become of the sport in the 1970s uh in the 1970s you had the philadelphia flyers who basically beat the hell out of everybody their nickname was the broad street bullies and hockey had become a caricature of itself the violence i mean that's this was it, it was a caricature of uh, of the violent nature of the sport and the characters who populated um these teams and you know i i've spent some time around minor league hockey and these characters the the guy that i love was dickie dunn do you remember dickie dunn yeah. the sports writer well, if Dickie wrote it, it must be true. I mean, that's, you know, you could put that, if Bob Kravitz wrote it, it must be true. Put that on my epitaph. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> I, I love that sport. I love the hockey scenes. Um, just, you know, I mean, you can't beat the Hanson brothers. I mean, so many indelible characters in that movie. So I'm probably alone in that, but for me, Slapshot's the one movie that when it's on, I have to sit down and watch the whole thing. Yeah, and I that's another one. I only actually uh, encountered that movie about nine or ten years ago for the first time. Somehow it had never made it on my list. I could say I'm not a hockey fan, but then I started discovering hockey movies. Yeah. And that, it's sort of like the Bull Durham in some ways of hockey movies in that, you know, it's a comedy, but it also kind of has some interesting and deep things to say. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, and as you say, it's it's sort of like it turns, it, it shows you a side of the sport that maybe you didn't want to see, but you kind of had to accept. Well, Bull, Bull Durham to me was a love letter to to baseball. And I thought that Slapshot was, was a very critical and harsh look at the violence that was overtaking hockey uh, in, in the 1970s and, and, and the early 1980s. So... Uh, I, I thought it I thought it it said something important uh, about the state of hockey. I mean, everybody thinks it's a rah rah hockey is great movie. No, it's it's actually very critical of of the sport. I thought. Right. Well, that's a fantastic list, Bob, uh, and I appreciate you sharing it with us. Uh, since uh, you've kind of invited, I've invited you to over into to my territory a little bit to talk about movies. I thought I'd end just like, I'll creep into your territory just a little bit, and we'll talk about sports, specifically the Pacers, because it's like the one team that I am really I really follow pretty much. And, and it's funny, you know, being a movie guy, I'm, you know, usually in the evenings, I'm either writing or I'm watching movies. I, so I don't watch a lot of the games other than snippets. So I really rely on podcasts and newspapers and sports writers to really kind of feed me what I know about the Pacers in the NBA at large. So uh, what's your, what's your take right now? Here we are a little past the mid season, Halibut and Burton's hurt and trying to come back. Uh, what's your take on the Pacers wh where they're going to go the rest of this season? Well, I, I think first of all, they've got uh, the third or fourth easiest schedule in the league coming up. You've got Halliburton uh, is slowly making his way back from the hamstring injury. They added Pascal Siakam who is, one of the top 15 or 20 players in the NBA. He's a 
He's he's an all-star, a two-time all-star, an all-NBA player. I think the Pacers uh, are way ahead of schedule. Um, I thought that they would be in rebuild mode for one more year, but they're going for it now. Uh, the, the trade deadline is coming up on February 8th. They may still do something uh, to upgrade their, their roster, but they have been uh, a really nice revelation. Um, you know, we all knew that Halliburton was good. We didn't know that Halliburton had superstar in him. And Tyrese yeah. has been that guy. And the great thing is that he is committed to Indiana. He's committed to this city. He's committed to this uh, to this franchise. And look, if they can keep Siakam, who's going to be a free agent at the end of the year, uh, they're going to have a really good team moving forward. As it is, I think they're going to be one of the top six teams in the East. Uh, they'll make the playoffs. And once they get there, they're going to be dangerous because they've got the best offense or the second best offense in the NBA. And uh, they are improving defensively. So yeah. uh, they're, so stop watching movies and start watching the Pacers. Yeah, I do. I, I will catch like sometimes like just like, half a quarter or like uh i caught you know i watched all of the the the, the play in tournament games it's been oh, great cool. talking about like you know tyrese really feels like he belongs here and he he feels like he belongs here and i think fans are feeling like he belongs to us we've obviously you know been spurned over the last 10 years you know with paul george and then oladipo and we kind of felt like the bride left at the altar several times every time we fall in love with a player they either want to go somewhere else in their career or, or, you know, things aren't working out. And it, from a fan perspective, it really feels like we've been sort of just floating, uh, just, you know, uh, uh, treading, treading water or for the last few years, we didn't really have an identity. I mean, even when we had like, you know, the teams with like Sabonis, uh, uh, Sabonis and Turner and uh, Malcolm Brogdon, I mean, like on paper, those were really good teams but they just didn't seem to click and they didn't seem yeah, to be they're mismatch. Yeah, they're just mismatch. identity. And I really feel like the team is, 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 is forging an identity now. And, you know, you got people like Aaron Neesmith just has come on and become such an integral piece after being sort of this cast off guy. Um, I will register my fan complaint. Uh, okay. And it's when you hear, hear everyone uh, covering the Pacers here says, why aren't we playing Jairus Walker? Uh, I don't know why you, you use the seventh or eighth pick on a guy to see how he does in the G League. But, you know, maybe maybe with a little time, he'll come around. Well, look at look at Ben Shepard. Ben, I mean, you look at, ben, look at look at Ben Matherin. They they are, I mean, this is a guy who was a sixth player picked in the draft, and he's still a bench guy. To understand why this it's this way, all you need to know is Rick Carlisle. And I don't say that in a critical way. But Rick is not a guy who throws young players out there before he feels that they are really ready. And I, I think they're just going to go slow with Jarris, you know, especially now because you you do have Siakam, you do have Jalen Smith, you do have a pretty good front court. Um, you've got some depth. So I, I think they want to take it really slow. I think Jarris Walker's got a chance to be one hell of a player. Same with Ben Shepard, but especially Jarris Walker. But I don't think we're going to see him getting any significant time 
really until next year at the earliest. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to understand because it's sort of like, I mean, I've actually been seeing Jairus's name pop up on, I mean, these are BS kind of things, but, you know, biggest draft busts, you know, people will put those out there. I've seen his name even appearing at the top of those. And I was like, well, the guy hasn't played. Didn't play. It's not his fault. And I mean, uh, I think he's played two or three games where he's actually had substantial minutes. He looked pretty good. He looked um, really good. He, he, so, he's got he's got skills. Yeah, and I heard Carlisle even say something. I maybe even read it in a Bob Kravitz column, uh, saying like, "Hey, you know, maybe Jaros can even play at the three, uh, rather than everyone having having him put him in this box of playing four or small small big small five. So I'm excited about the Pacers. Um, and one of the things that, that you know, because I, I feel comfortable talking with this about you is people sometimes come to me and they say, oh, you're a film critic. And they're like afraid to share their opinion or they go the other way and they really want to tell you how full of it you are. But yeah. I'm, you know, us being in the, the, the opinion journalism field, I love hearing other people's opinions. I love hear I love hearing people say I disagree with you. Um so it, it's a it's a cool little little thing that game that we're playing ourselves, um, and you've got to love what you do. I, I've heard you 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 say on other podcasts, "Hey, I'm not a fan. You know, I'm a sports writer. I approach it. I left my my fan hat back in the day." But mm -hmm. you know, you've got love of sports. I mean, it shines through in everything that you write. How much you love sports? Well, thank you, thank you. I I mean, it, it's funny. I, I'm 63 now, and I don't have that childhood that childhood wonder about sports. I mean, when I was a kid, I I could tell you every starting, the starting rotation for every baseball team, I could tell you the first three, three or four forward lines of every hockey team. You know, you grow up and you grow out of sports a little bit. I, I just, I, I appreciate it. I, I appreciate the people who make make the thing work? I, I appreciate. Uh, I, I find athletes. So look, some of them are dopes, but uh, for the most part, I find them to be compelling, compelling characters. And uh, the games are still the thing. The games are are still interesting to me. Uh, you know, if I've got a day off, I'm probably going to still watch a hockey game uh, or a movie. Yeah, that's that, that Christopher Lloyd recommends. Yeah, I'm the, I'm the exact same way. Uh, like, you know, I just got off my really busiest period of the year, which is the awards, because we, like, literally, like, the last, like, between, like, mid-November to mid-December, I probably watched 50 or 60 movies. And, you know, there's a, I reach a point where even I'm just like, all right, I don't want to see a movie. Yeah. And, yeah. and then my kid, it's Friday night, and my kids are like, hey, Dad, you want to watch a movie? And I'm like, absolutely. And then I sit down, and I've been watching some of, like, you know, my old favorites with them. And, you know, watching them fall in love with them again, it's just fantastic. And that's really what sports and movies are alike in a lot of ways. Yeah. Is it just something you fall in love with? Um, and it becomes a lifelong thing that you never, never get rid of. It's a family thing, too. I mean, I, I fell in love with sports because, you know, my dad, my dad played baseball um, as, you know, in college and stuff. And he was pretty good. And he he's the one who, who got me head in that direction. So, uh, yeah, there's, there's a family element to it as well. All right. Well, Bob, thanks so much for joining me. I really appreciate it. Uh, I think hopefully everyone out there enjoyed us yapping about sports movies and, uh, we'll see you next time. And Bob, once again, tell them where people can catch up on your work. 
Well, go to bobkravitz.com. Uh, you can find my Substack, uh, and uh, on uh, Twitter, it's at bkravitz. And Facebook, I rarely look at. So uh, <laughs> I don't even know what my Facebook. Uh, I don't even know. I just go to Bob Kravitz somewhere. It'll show up. Trust All right. me. All right. Well, thanks, everyone. And thanks, Bob. Thank you, man.